You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, we finished up Romans chapter 7 as Pastor Josh preached from verses 7 through 25. In today's episode, we're answering questions like, why can't Christians simply stop sinning? This gets into a discussion about what sanctification is and how we should understand it. We're talking about all of this and more today on After the Message. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast this week. Glad you're here. Hey, Good morning, Mike. 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 Yeah. Mike. I feel welcomed. Thank you for Mike, that. Mike, I feel like you well, feel comfortable. I do feel comfortable, Josh. I'm I'm back I'm, in the seat. Right? All all is right with the world. I'm back in my my normal yes, seat. Yes, Lord. <laughs> and, uh, it was so very tempting to go sit in your seat after listening to last week. It really was. Yeah. I thought about coming down here, like you know, thirty minutes sometime before. this past week, and just putting a sign in the seat so do not sit. We're gonna make a fat head of Mike and stick it in that seat. That would you know, saving seats would never happen in the Baptist Church. No, ever. never. <laughs> And it never, never happens at Broadmoor. Yeah, right? never. So never. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, well, hey, it's good to see you guys. It's great good to be you, seen, Mike. Thank so you. It's kind of a rainy morning out this morning. It's yeah. like, it would have been a great morning to sleep in, I think. It would have been, yes. if that's even a thing. But yet we're here earlier than normal, I might Yes, add, we are. Uh, on a Tuesday, because we normally record this on Mondays. Um, and uh, so, yeah, instead of sleeping in, we're, we're recording a podcast. and excited, jumping into Romans 7. Yeah. Being supervised by Chase. Chase, Chase. Hammock is uh, yes is is uh, our engineer today. He's got so, the reins. Yes, and yeah, no, so got Chase. his in ears in. He's ready to go. Yeah, it's good to see you, Chase. So if it goes off the rails, it's, it's all Chase's fault. Chase. Yeah. So others in the room. We got Sean Selman today. We got Josh Braddy, of course, and Neil Marsh, and <laughs> Jay Fletcher, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Our group's pastor. The yes. Glad Fletcher. to be here, man among so many incredible theologians. Who are you, you talking about? All you are. are. I'm just talking about Chase. And the, I, I'm, the I'm talking about the incredible theologians that get to do this every week, man. You guys are awesome, and uh, mm. thanks for letting me jump in. Well, I just try to ask questions. I, you know, it's well, I will lower the bar. I promise. I will, I will do it. I will do it. Oh well, it's good to have you here, Jay. Thanks. Glad and, to be uh, here. So I'm, I'm sure you will add a lot of depth and, and valuable insights to our discussion. Yes. So maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so as Josh already alluded to, we started into uh, Romans chapter seven this week and, um, or actually we We finished finished it. We finished Romans. We just covered a whole lot of ground. So I got ahead of myself because I'm already planning next week. There you go. Um, We're jumping into eight. Yeah. So we are, we did the, the latter half, uh, actually the latter two thirds. We did the whole chapter chapter seven. (laughs) (laughs) So you covered a lot of ground this week. We did cover a lot of ground, Mike. Yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of times when you're you're doing sermon prep and planning, and uh, I remember Sean and I were sitting down sorting through months and months ago what, what the preaching schedule is going to look like and where we're going to add stuff. And there was a really long version, and there was a lot of shorter <laughs> versions. Then we landed on one that we, we felt fit and it felt comfortable, and it's okay <laughs> at a distance. And then you get right. into the preaching, I mean, you're like, oh, that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> this section is like four four sections, at least it should be, but we're going we're gonna to get through it because... The main point is the main point. So yeah. we, we cruise straight to it. Yeah. So, well, 
yeah, I mean, I, I've, I felt that pressure for you as you, and you even, you know, as you got up to, to start speaking, you, you said mm-hmm. <laughs> last week, you know, we, uh, we, we covered like six verses and, and, uh, and took, you know, 40 minutes to do it. And yeah. uh, now we have seven through 25. Yeah. Today we're going to cover a whole lot more yeah. in the same amount of time. Um, which, which I think raises a great question because, you know, uh, and Chase actually mentioned this earlier when we were talking, uh, you know, you were squeezing a lot in. Yeah. So obviously I think when you were prepping and, and planning your sermon, like you, you had to cut some stuff that you yeah. might've said otherwise. Um, you know, what are, what are some of those things that you might've, uh, you might've covered ahead you had the time? Sure. So <laughs> there's always stuff that we cut, even in the moment. We're like, I probably shouldn't say that. Like my flex seal uh, illustration. I probably yeah. shouldn't have said that, but it, you know, just kind of popped on out. Um, so the whole thing, Paul, Paul's building to the very end, to, to verse 25, when he talks about Christ, our being our only hope. Uh, and so that, that is the direction. And if I had a chance to build even more tension as to why that is not only great news, it is the only hope that we have in this life, um, th- I would build that even more because I believe that is what chapter seven is setting up for us, that even mm-hmm. in a religious state, even in us with the law, um, even sometimes being freed from the law, living in the here and now, but not quite in the yet to come, there's still a tension that lives inside of us. And so so who helps us? Who helps us even now? Who is our strength for every day in its Christ? And so, you know, if I'm building again, uh, it would have landed with a little bit more time speaking to where we live in the Baptist world. A lot of times we put emphasis on making a decision for Christ, particularly young and early, and that's it. Uh, and then it's kind of like, hey, welcome to the club, come to church, be a part of all the religious things. And it's kind of like we, we, we preach, it's not religion, it's Christ, trust Christ, and you do trust Christ. And then we throw you back into the religion mm-hmm. world and say, yeah. hey, welcome mm-hmm. to the team. Here's the checklist. That's right. Here's, yeah. here's religion again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what Paul would say is it's never been religion. It's, ne- it's never about the checklist. It's never about ticking off all the things to make you feel better. It's about Christ when you're saved, but it's also about Christ every day you're being sanctified. And if you get that wrong, then it's wrong and it's going to be broken, just a life of mess. Um, but when it's right, it is sweet and it's good and it's powerful and it's authoritative. And that is where we get into chapter eight next week. So mm-hmm. I would be building that more, getting us towards chapter eight. Yeah. So, so you you just used a term, sanctified or, mm. or sanctification, mm-hmm. and so uh, in in uh, Jay, you were talking earlier when when we were prepping for this uh, about you know some questions that came up in one of the groups uh, related to sanctification, and uh, so I think a couple of things. I mean, you know, and and I think if we see anything in this chapter, we see that you know Paul's talking about like this 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 struggle between you right. know what he wants to do. Uh, uh, in this new life as a, mm-hmm. as a believer and what his flesh draws him to. And so, uh, you know, I think there's this, this process of sanctification that we all go through. So first of all, let's, let's, let's define sanctification. And then let's, let's talk about the question that came up in the life group. Well, so the, the question that, that came up yesterday is, uh, can a believer just quit sinning? Which, yeah, that's a pretty loaded question right that's there. Right. Then he, you know, right behind that, why not? How can we take hold of the power of Christ to overcome sin? What has Christ given us to lead us in victory over our old sin nature? So mm-hmm. that that was the question. So it it led to a conversation 
about the process of sanctification, which is that process that uh, when you become a believer, it's that process it, and it never ends uh, right. until we finish uh, life here and Christ calls us home to heaven. But it's that process of becoming more like Jesus. Yeah. And guys, that's hard. I mean, it, that, is, that is hard. Even though that's an expectation that, that we want to live in and grow in, that is really hard in light of a question like, can a believer just quit sinning? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which is a good question. It is. I mean, great question. Because, you know, Josh, you even talked about, you know, before Christ, I mean, we are slaves to sin. We don't have a choice. That's exactly right. But after Christ. You indeed do, have a choice. We do have a choice. Uh, yep. But there, there's a war that goes on inside of you, right? So every every person who walks on this planet who is, who's a follower of Christ, we know that our affections have changed, or at least they should have changed. Our affections are for the Lord. They're, they're to delight in his ways and his law. And like, we, we want that. But there is something else inside of us that, that wars against that. Um, uh, the difference in the two is prior to the power of God coming inside of you, you had no choice to sin. Like, like that is just who you were. It's what you did. You, you couldn't break free from that because it is what enslaved you. You've now been set free from that because of, of Christ's work on the cross and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so now, honestly, there, there is choice that you get to make. There is agency that has been restored to you that you now have an opportunity to say no to that sin or fight it with all that you are. The issue is, and I think this is where we get into some strange gray area here, is, okay, if if we believe that there's a war inside of us and we believe that we're going to be tempted and we're going to fall sometimes, if we're not careful and we get lazy or we misinterpret scripture, we're going to say, well, it's okay to sin sometimes because that's just what we do. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm mostly saved, but sometimes I'm a little bit sin too. And so I guess that's okay. No, no. For the believer, we should never be okay with sinning. Like it should always crush us and wreck us if we go back to that old way because that's not who we were or that's not who we are. Um, that is who we were, but that's not who we are. We've been set free from that. And it's this idea that whenever we do that, we make a mockery of the cross of Christ when we flippantly go back into sin and say, well, he's just going to forgive me. I might as well go back and do it. Mm. Like there, there has to be this tension that lives there. So again, not one verse does a theology make, not one chapter does a theology make. So if you just live in chapter seven, it can make you sound like, well, I mean, it's just who we are. We're going to sin a little bit. We're going to be holy a little bit. And one day it's all going to be okay. Those things are correct, but that's not the beginning and the end. Um, yeah. This this is a, a, a snippet into a larger narrative. We should never be okay with sin. We should fight mm-hmm. it with all that we are. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have, go ahead. Uh, the, an <laughs> image that goes along for me with sanctification, and I've been reading a lot of Dallas Willard lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's either going to, it's either one of his books or it's from a Kurt Thompson book, but the idea that, um, we are saved. So our spiritual DNA has been changed. Mm -hmm. Um, but our physical traits and our actions haven't caught up yet with our, and so the example was a caterpillar and a butterfly that if you look at the DNA, they're the same DNA. It's simply that the caterpillar's physical traits have not yet changed to be the butterfly, but the spirit, the DNA is the same. Hmm. And for, so for me, sanctification is the heart has already, the soul has already been changed. And by the way, I cannot confirm that as biologically true, but the heart, <laughs> is, it was in a book. It was uh, in a book. It was, it was book. on the internet. I read but, it one time. But it paints a picture for me of like, at the soul level, I've already changed. 
I have not yet gone through the entire process of taking changing. off the old man, uh-huh. putting on the new man, and practicing that to yet look like what my spiritual right. DNA already looks mm. like. Yeah. Mm. Regardless if yeah. that's true or not, it feels good. It like, feels good. It's better than my yeah. flex seal illustration. Right. Yeah. 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 It's way so better than that. So yeah. many illustrations. <laughs> so yeah. before I dive in, though, but flex seal does not work. Tried it this weekend. Doesn't. That's exactly what you said. Um, when you think about sanctification, um, I've always I've always heard this. You know, justification mm-hmm. is the removal of the penalty of sin. Like we we stand right before God now right. because of what Christ has done. Sanctification is that removal of the power of sin. So it's the whole idea of we're catching up. Christ has defeated sin. He's he's made a way for us, but there is this struggle or this realization mm-hmm. that we're coming into that sin no longer has to control us. Yeah. Mm. And then glorification, we haven't gotten there yet, but glorification is that removal of the presence. Like sin is no, like it's not even a thought. It's, it's right. not there anymore. And we are not there yet. And that doesn't happen on this side. That's of right. Mm-hmm. And so, so this whole idea of sanctification, that Christ is doing a work in us <clears throat> to help us realize or to catch up with the idea that he has defeated sin and he has power over it. And I, and I, I even see us, like you even mentioned, that when I'm faced with sin— that I need to do everything in myself to fight it. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's, there's even the sense of us mm-hmm. in that moment of we, we tend to want to depend on self, right? Instead of Christ, that's right. And and I think what we find ourselves in in this process of sanctification is that as we really become enamored with Christ, that as we journey along, um, we have these moments where. Mm-hmm we lose focus or we forget that it is not in our power, it's not in our flesh, that we have the power over sin, but it's because of who Christ is and what he's done. And so so in those moments that we slip and fall is is more so we've taken our eyes off of the one who is enough. Yeah. Um, and we, we turn, uh, yes, we ought to fight, but we need to realize that there's nothing in our power. That's right. It's in his strength. It's in his strength. That's right. And so... Um, so that's, there's that whole process there. And I think that process, when you think about it, you're like, oh, wait, where does one end? Where does one begin? I believe that speaks to where Paul is finding himself. He's, he's really that wretched man, that miserable mm-hmm. uh, person that like, just think of this, this mental struggle. Like I can't, like, this is so hard to think about, so hard to get. And his statement is Christ is enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, He's the one that's going to rescue me, mm-hmm. even when I don't have all this figured out, and and it, I can't seem to find a solid answer for my questions. Mm-hmm. Christ is bringing about a work in me, and so that's kind of when I when I read this, that's kind of where I land yeah. on on the struggle or the process of sanctification. So I love that. How how though? Um, I th- I, that's right. But how do you f- practically? remind yourself or maybe it's not even just a mental reminder how do you truly live in christ is enough like if 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 that is our Mm. first line of defense and and our strongest Mm. line of defense or at least where all of our defenses come from how Mm. do we practically do that Mm -hmm. instead of uh, fighting it in our own strength yeah i think and i think that's a struggle right Mm -hmm. is that to me there are there are pride like we say you don't have to do <clears throat> Try harder be better. We, yep. There are things we need to do. That's like right. We we need to read God's right. word. Yeah, that's right. So for we me, uh, we so need to worship. If you were tempted we, to eat bluebell, 
don't go down the bluebell <laughs> aisle. aisle. Right. That's exactly, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just practical. Yeah. Don't don't do that. But when we st- when we start making that because of what we've done, right? Like, yeah. It, so 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 for me, practically, like like you know, often when I'm when I'm faced with temptation and I and I acknowledge it, like mm-hmm. I you know, <laughs> I recognize yeah what's going on. Um, you know, uh, often what you know we talk about we have everything we need or, or you know we've been equipped to uh, to resist. You know, it's 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 scripture that 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 mm-hmm. often yes. helps. That's right. And and. And it's not like I, in the moment, I can always go get my Bible and look up a passage, you know. So I think it's 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 scripture that I have hidden in my heart, right? And I'm not sinning against God. Hmm. There you go. There you go. Yes. Wow. Vacation it's, Bible school it's coming like, back. It's like it was written. What? Um, so, that, yeah. That's interesting. Like there was a thought that you kind of sparked to me there, Mike, when you said when I recognize temptation, like in that moment, you're recognizing that there is something there. That is against. Mm-hmm. You're desiring that more than him, right? Uh-huh. Or and that I'm, way more than him. And I'm so, facing a choice. Like uh-huh. so, mm-hmm. that rec- that recognition is saying this is not of God. This is not as good as He is, mm-hmm. and it's those those moments that we forget that. Um, and I think I think about Jesus's temptation, right? Um, so if we go back to the Gospels. Um, Jesus chooses not to focus on his need and desire in that moment, mm-hmm. but instead of instead of that, he recognizes temptation is able to battle against it because mm-hmm. he recognizes who God is and what he has said. Right. Um, so just in mm-hmm. just in the recognition of temptation, there comes this this moment of saying, "I'm I'm weighing that against who God is." Mm-hmm. I see. I see <laughs> Jesus doing a pretty cool thing to me in the Summer on the Mount with the law. Because if you look at Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he starts almost all those sections off with something like, I know you've heard it said, or I know you've read this. And he's referencing back to to law, right? And what, what he says is, but I tell you. And so I always imagine what Jesus is saying there is, I know you guys read this, but let me tell you what I said when I said it the first time, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So that we know this. And what he does, he draws it back to the motive you know, it's not just about mm-hmm. murder. If you had that thought inside your mind, it's that. I think for me, it's pretty easy to switch into a gear or a rhythm or a season in which if I avoid the word, if I avoid or don't practice community, a confessional community, if I don't practice those things, it's easy for me that the only points in time in my rhythm that I will interact with the word is on a Sunday morning. Mm. That might be it, right? And when that happens, if I'm not practicing those other mm-hmm. things, um, I'm not even aware that I'm being tempted. Mm. I, I kind of switch into this oblivious. I'm not really paying attention to anything around mm-hmm. me except going through my day. Mm. It's only when I begin the day oriented to um, who God is and his word and who I am in contrast that it creates conflict inside of me that makes me uncomfortable, that makes me aware of those things. And only in that conflict and being uncomfortable with not measuring up, am I, am I even aware that Jesus is enough? Right. Because I can live my life pretty easily under the banner of being a Christian or a Broadmoor member, if I'm not careful, and live with no conflict. And without the conflict inside that war going yeah, on, I don't even know where I'm at. To me, that's al- it's almost like a, a 
a, a numbness yeah. to the Holy Spirit and, and the Holy Spirit's work in right. your life. Like, you know, when you're, when Sunday morning is the only interaction you have with the word and, and one would argue whether, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, really, you know, how, how, how much are you really getting? I mean, no, no offense. Josh, what? But I mean, but I mean, it's kind of passive. It's passively it is receiving. Passive. There's That's a difference. Right. There's a difference between someone, uh, you Prayerfully know, studying the word, explaining the word to you and, and you getting it for yourself. Right. Exactly you know, right. So, um, and and I, I think it, it creates in us maybe this deafness to the Holy Spirit and in His work. And it's not that He's not there, mm-hmm. but but it's that we're we lack awareness yeah. of of what He's this doing. This could turn into a whole different podcast, but it's not because we don't have enough time. <laughs> oh, but there's also a reason why when the Holy Spirit begins to speak to our hearts, and if all we are is a Sunday morning. Mm receiver of God's word and we, we don't interact with it on a daily basis. It doesn't convict us. It doesn't mold us. It doesn't change us. The Holy Spirit begins to make clear to us things in our life that are contrary to what God is desiring. We're going to say, I don't like that. That's not right because my God wants me to be happy. Mm, my yeah. God wants me to have my best life now. Therefore, that feeling is of the enemy. And we'll throw some religious language on some really selfish motivations, mm. and we get sideways real fast. But that's mm-hmm. not this podcast <laughs> yeah. for another day, but be ye warned. Yes. Go ahead. Be so I, I wanted to give a, a quick example. So, Sean, we talked about a minute ago the process of sanctification. The word process to me, it, it just feels like when you start talking about it in business world and other places, processes seem to... I mean, they start and they can go on for a lengthy period of time. <laughs> mm. So, and and I think sometimes when we talk about in, in our sanctified language, you know, that, that mm. we tend to use churchy language, we we have these moments where we frustrate people, and they think, man, this process is going to go on forever and forever <laughs> and forever, and it, and it does. It goes on for a lengthy period of time. But I had uh, a man who discipled me, first started discipling me when I was in the eighth grade. And he would always ask me when he saw me, Jay, are you closer to Jesus than you were yesterday? And, and I think in that moment, it, it reminded me, and, and he would kind of peel back the layers of sanctification without talking about those bit, that big word, but he would peel back a little bit of that and remind me that it's a day-to-day mm. part of the, the, the getting closer to Jesus. Yes, it is a process, but just be reminded of the fact, Jay, day by day, these are the these spiritual disciplines that we talked about, reading scripture, yep. praying, having conversation with other people around you that are close to you that would invest in you and just remind you that, man, today's Tuesday. Am I closer today mm-hmm. than I was yesterday? Yeah. I think that that's a good question, too, because um, what it what it points you to is that there is a work that Jesus is doing in you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um like he is accomplishing things. Mm-hmm. And so as we reflect, you even brought up for, you know, this moment, maybe this week, maybe this season, like even in those moments, can I look back and see, it, it may have been a long time that we were, we're dry, we're backslidden, whatever term you want to use for that. But can we look back and see mm-hmm. the work that Christ mm-hmm. has done? Mm-hmm. Um and understand that he is accomplishing something in us. And so I used to, I used to would not have liked your question several years ago. <laughs> I would have liked a different version of it, which would have been, am I more like Jesus today than I was before? Which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But I think even that, I think your question's better because it mm-hmm. actually focuses on the relationship that the, the, the mm-hmm. father wants to have with us. And I would prefer sometimes him just want me to be like 
performing and yes. like you know performing. What he really wants is for me to bring my things, my my sin to him, and trust mm-hmm. him with those, mm-hmm. and sit together, mm-hmm. and be known by him, and let him do the work in me. Yes. So I think that's the right. I think and your question is the right mm-hmm. question. It's so mm-hmm. cool when you watch that process play out, even though sometimes it feels lengthy. Man, just day to day, you begin to see some of the things that God's doing. But the other part of it is there's some stuff that God's doing in us to prepare us for way mm-hmm. down there that yeah, we yeah. don't even know about right. Mm-hmm. right now. We we don't have an understanding. We don't need to. At that. Just be faithful to what God's called us to in the everyday. It helps us on the temptation side to be, you know, to, to be able to recognize those things as we dig deeply into God's Word and see those things, but it helps all the way around. But I love the fact that God's preparing me right now for something that's way down the line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think people, if I could, one more thing on that, and sitting in the counseling seat and just and just life, hearing especially young adults ask, like, what is God's will for my life? Mm. And we, we focus on, is it a, a specific person mm-hmm. or a specific career? I, I Personally, I don't really fall in that category of thinking, I think, he gives us passion, interest, and, and sure. calling to move forward into those things. But I, cr- Scripture's clear in First Thessalonians 4. His will, his will for us is sanctification. Mm-hmm. That's like, right. We could kind of put all the other things as kind of a second category. To be sanctified is his will. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is clear. And he'll use all those other things. That's right. exactly Marriage right. and your job to <laughs> sanctify you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. It is sanctification yeah. Yeah. to be closer to him, mm-hmm. right? So, to be more like him. So I want to take us down another path here in a second, but uh, Jay, since you're in here and yes. we are talking about sanctification, um, and you are a groups pastor, can we talk about just the role of groups and in, in uh, you know in community as we we walk this this road of being sanctified? I didn't plant that question on you, but that is an incredible question for this moment. You know, the we we need people around us, and, and I, I'm I'm excited that we have so many people in life group world. Uh, we have, if you you know, if you pay attention, you go out for breakfast, you go out to lunch, you see people all over mm-hmm. our area in these smaller groups. I I personally have the belief that when when we put ourselves in those places of groups and my my lingo is shrinking circles. As those mm-hmm. circles get smaller, we have uh, an opportunity. There's a level of sanctification that's happening as we sit in a larger life group setting, but the circles get smaller. The, the level of conversation, accountability, confession, prayer, it just gets so much deeper. So mm-hmm. my yeah. encouragement would be, you know, just as, as people hear this, how can I shrink the circle in my life? Yeah. How can I find people that I need to do life with that will hold me accountable to this process that we're talking about? Uh, uh, this Sometimes when, when, when the process gets long and we don't understand, we need that mm-hmm. circle of people around us just to say, hey, this is long and this is hard. I, I need you to pray for me. I need you to encourage me. But more than anything, I need you to hold me accountable to what needs to happen in my life so that I can be closer to Jesus uh, more close today than I was yesterday. Mm. That's so good, Jay. It's Thank like you. you. Like Thank you're you. a groups pastor. It's as if you yeah. know. Well, <laughs> it's like, and I, you you weren't even prepped for that question. <laughs> no, but money. <laughs> I, I live in that every day, man. And that that is that is my heart is to see people in smaller circles. Yeah. Jay Money Fletcher. Um, so that's yeah. uh, that's a sweet spot for me. That's good. Well, there were a couple other things that we were going to try to get to, but we're we're like. We're down to our last few minutes here. Yes, so, we are. Mm, so I'm debating whether more we should, for next time, Mike. <laughs> can I go? Can I ask time. one question? Sure. So that's that's his will for us is sanctification in community with others. What happens if a believer doesn't choose that? 
what what's the result of a believer who doesn't choose to pursue sanctification, doesn't live in community? Like sure, I think I think that's a great question. Um, I think I hear it twofold. Number one, you didn't say this at all, but in my head, this is the way it came across. Is it a sinful thing hmm. for for a believer? I, I don't know if it's a sinful thing, um, but I do think it. I mean, I guess by definition, it misses the mark that God has set before us. Um, the mark for for sanctification in community uh, that that's throughout the entirety of Scripture, uh, Old Testament and New Testament. It's just kind of how He's designed um, all of creation, but particularly His people to live according to His will and word. Um, and so, I think you could. You just you're not going to be very happy it's, or yeah. fulfilled in it. It's really interesting because if you look back through church history, you have several, even theologians that will look to that chose a monastic life, mm-hmm. lifestyle, right? right? And so, but what is that word monastic to basically to live in solitude? Yeah, like to, but they they did so with other like, monks, right? With other, but, <laughs> but not really, but not really communicating yeah, with right. them, right? And so, that's right, vow um, silence, yeah. And so, um, so what's really interesting though is what you know, what how, how does how does God use that? Yeah. Um, if that's not his intent, um, and so it it leads us down a path of looking at it as that choice is not salvific, right? Yep. It's, it's, it's not the thing that justifies me. You and the big but, words, mm, man. man. And, well, he's dressed up today, so. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. So, you know, the whole idea is that even in that, um, does, does God use um, the moments that we get outside of his will to teach us and to mold us and shape us and sanctify us uh, because of the work that Christ has done in us, yes. right? And so... Um, so even though, once again, we can't depend on what we think or what someone else's model is, mm-hmm. ultimately our our hope and our model is Christ and to be close to him, as you've said. And mm-hmm. so, um, so I don't know if that answered our question, just some thoughts. Yeah. It felt good anyway. You said something. I'm still trying to figure out a small group of monks. <laughs> like, very I'm just trying to it's picture that. That'd be interesting. It's, yeah. it's, it's cr- extremely quiet. I'm yes. still okay. thinking about salvific. It's, salvific. Just, it's a fun <laughs> word to say. Hmm. Uh, well, good discussion today, guys. And, and so we will leave some uh, for maybe next time. There you uh, go. Uh, and next week, we launch into Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. So yeah. My favorite chapter in all of the Bible. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, then next week's discussion ought to be really great. It'll probably be terrible, but it'll be good. Uh, <laughs> it's my, still my favorite chapter in all of them. Uh, well, that's good. Hey, guys, thank you for your time today and um, great conversation. Yeah, thanks, Mike. So, love thanks, you guys. Scott. Love you guys. Love you all. Thank you. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.